listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Dodgers win the World Series. They were favored. You might think, okay, that happens all the time. Oh, no. Dodgers were a historic favorite, and a team like that winning has not happened in a decade. We will lead with that. Next season, Baseball World Series. Here's the favorites in order. Dodgers again. Yankees, Braves, Padres, and the Rays. Wednesday, we turn to the weekend's action. We got our big three games. Baltimore, three and a half over Pittsburgh. Saints, four over Chicago. San Francisco at Seattle. Seattle favored by three. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! This is Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live with the full house here around the Wise Guy Roundtable. Fezzik every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Matty Holt in on his normal Wednesday. Former bookmaker. He booked billions and then he renounced it. He renounced, He said, almost like someone in a confessional, said, no, I'm done with that. I'm going on the integrity side. What does that mean? He stops the bad guys from trying to fix the games. Now, I don't like fixed games. If I know about the fixed games, I'm okay with it. But generally, <laughs> I don't like fixed games. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe, but he's the Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on the day after a World Series champion was crowned and a couple of moves in the NFL via trade earlier today, what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Well, in honor of our technical director... (laughs) <laughs> we got to go with the Dodgers winning it all. That's right. First time since 1988. The L.A. Dodgers are World Series champs. They take care of the race. Three to one was the final in game six. L.A. winning the series in six games, four to two. Yeah, Gibson with a very key home run. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is a shocking stat I'm going to give you. And it may be one of the more shocking stats this calendar year. If we go back 10 years and we look at every baseball team entering the season who was 10 to 1 or better, so the favorites will call it 10 to 1 or better, 10 years. 
There's been 28 teams before this season that met that criteria. So they were 10 to 1 or better within the last 10 years entering the season in baseball. Those teams winning the World Series, 0 for 28. 0.0 for 28. The 28 most likely teams to win the World Series in the last decade did not win the World Series. The Dodgers were the favorites coming into the season, much, much better than 10 to 1, and they won it. This is, I mean, really, it's almost, I mean, the idea of the favorite, the, the team that's supposed to win it or the teams that are supposed to win it going 0 for 28, I don't think you can dismiss it. I think that it, there's something about baseball that makes being the favorite or one of the favorites just not pan out. And as much as you can say, well, the Dodgers, you know, they, they've been in the World Series a few times, they choked, whatever. Hey, the, the Dodgers contributed to some of these 28 teams, but they weren't, they weren't many of them, a handful. And otherwise, baseball is an underdog sport, and the favorite came through. Got to give the Dodgers massive credit. Faz, more of a fan, what was your takeaway? What's your thoughts on the series? You know, I thought what was most surprising, it's a COVID year, and we talked about, and I've got plenty of friends that are professional gamblers, and they loaded up on the underdogs in the futures market, RJ, because they know typically the favorites are overvalued. So they bet the Reds, they bet the Padres, the White Sox, teams like that. And here, in I would argue the most unlikely year for the favorite to win, only a 60-game season. And 16 teams making the playoffs. So you have to win four playoff series. The Dodgers, the clear-cut favorite, cruises to the title. So you're saying of all the years of those decade or so of the favorites not winning, this was the year you think that was toughest on the favorite. Another round of playoffs and just the general randomness. Yes. So kudos to the Dodgers. No asterisk at all. Jonas, from the fans' perspective... Uh, I looked at that game and I just thought there's going to be a lot made of Blake Snell being taken out when he was. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not opposed to the decision. I personally wouldn't do it, but that's something that Tampa Bay's been doing all year long. And Blake Snell has struggled in that spot. He had just given up a hit. They were relying on their bullpen, which had been pretty good for him throughout the course of the regular season, and uh, unfortunately, they just came up short. I'm going to talk about Snell here next because I think there's a real story around, or I think that it lends us to consider not only when analytics matter and the commentary around analytics. Finally, though, from the you know takeaways, Maddie. You know, I thought it was interesting that such a strength all season for the Tampa Bay Rays was that bullpen, Nick Anderson and and some of the relief pitchers going in, and that ended up being sort of a weakness, and you wonder if it was fatigue or the moment they hadn't been there that many times, but it completely flipped from the regular season to the postseason, and that that was the core strength of this team, and it certainly became a weakness in the postseason, especially in the World Series. And the Rays. Yeah. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Let's talk analytics. Let's talk what it means, quite frankly, in society, because we're moving in a way that, that can't be stopped, quite frankly, towards algorithms, artificial intelligence. I mean, the big companies aren't anxious for you to understand to what degree they're using it, but it is massively integrated into huge chunks of the operations of not only the tech companies like Google, Twitter, et cetera, 
but more operational companies, the you know, companies that make your laundry detergent, all the way up and down the aisle at the Walmart, AI, algorithms, it's all just words for math. And why is math all of a sudden more important than it used to be? Because the computers, their ability to calculate faster is just massive. You've, you've all heard, oh, the phone could have taken us to the moon. And it's true. The computing power in an iPhone is greater than the computers that took us to the moon in 1969. So imagine what the computers Google's got offshore letting the waves power them, <laughs> the hydraulic-driven computers. Just the power of them is almost incomprehensible. Number two, our ability to acquire data. So they have a concept called the Internet of Things, which is imagine at a traffic light and there is sensors on there saying how many people are passing by and they're gathering that data, not to mention potentially snapping photos if you speed. So we're moving in that direction. And other than a catastrophe, just setting civilization back, that is going to keep moving. You know what? Most of us are not mathematically inclined. It's just not a lot of people have PhDs in math. I'm in that weird spot where I love math. I've done a lot of math as a finance graduate in college and beyond, but I'm certainly not a PhD. So I can kind of see both sides. And what I can tell you is it doesn't matter how much you know math. It's going to feel a little inhuman at some point. At some point, when a game like chess, that throughout the history of the, you know, since chess was invented, it's been the greatest challenge, one of the great challenges intellectually. How are you, know, are you a good chess player? How, how good's that guy at chess? Literally, there's an AI program that Google has that they taught it the rules of chess, and within 12 hours, it was better than any chess computer in the history of the world and better than any human in the history of the world. So literally, from no knowledge, within a day, was the greatest player ever. All of a sudden, Bobby Fischer and his pursuit, Gary Kasparov, it all feels like the minor leagues. It's almost like, oh, look, this is that 6-3 and under league. Yeah, they won the championship, but where's the tall guys? Well, it's 6-3 and under, and they got to be over 40, and they can't be that good otherwise. Yeah, it's nice to win that tournament, but you're not, as Ali said, the champion of the world and saying, I can whoop anyone. When you were the world champion... You could whoop anyone. Well, chess champion in theory was smarter, as smart as anyone. But maybe amongst in the B League, which are humans, that is disconcerting. It's disconcerting to me. And I think that amongst broadcasters, radio guys, there's not many math PhDs amongst them. And there's a real disdain for analytics. There's that old school, like, well, you shouldn't go for two there, or maybe they shouldn't have taken out Snell. Colin today said they don't write books about relievers. And it's like, maybe. I mean, I'm not sure that's the criteria of deciding who's the pitch is, you know, he'd star in the movie. <laughs> but I get it. I get that human desire to make this more human. But you know what? If the Rays don't do it, somebody else is. You probably know this, Jonas, but the head of uh, baseball operations for the Dodgers, he had a little something to do with the Rays. 
And right. I don't know, you know, to what degree this is widely known, but literally it's between, I think it was 2006 and 12, maybe, is the Dodgers president was the president of the Rays. And the analytical foundation there started there. And the Dodgers use analytics as much as anyone. It's just not as out there being discussed. So this was really a battle of two analytically driven teams, one, though, with a payroll to have a Kershaw and one without. Jones. Yeah, they just had better players. The Dodgers had better players, and Tampa couldn't score runs. There were opportunities there, and they couldn't drive in runs, and it was a conversation point all throughout the postseason that unless they're hitting home runs, they're not able to generate any sort of offense, and against the Dodgers and that lineup that is so deep all the way through, you need to at least generate some offense in order to try and uh, keep up with that team, and they weren't able to do it. No doubt, and I guess... To conclude from my perspective, the choice is going to be, if you have a choice to embrace the math, the choice is going to be embrace the math and optimize your chances at whatever it is you're doing, or reject the math and accept the fact that the act of doing that hurts your chances. If the Rays didn't use the math, it'd be hard for, what, the 26th highest payroll to be in the World Series. Yes. And if the Dodgers didn't embrace the math, their chances mathematically would go down. And as much as I think in our guts, it feels, as humans, it feels good to want to kind of reject it. And as sports fans, I think there's even more of an urge. It it comes at a cost. And as a fan, for the Steelers, for example... If you tell me they can be as math dumb as you want, but the chance of winning a Super Bowl goes down, I'm going to be like, hey, hire some PhDs, baby. I'm not paying for them. And I just think that the way that it's framed out there is wrong. The whole Charles Barkley and you know analytics are stupid, he doesn't mean that. right? What he means is that they are applied at times in stupid ways. And you could make the case. Right, that in a pressure situation, the non-stars are going to struggle more. And you know what? If that's true, then the analytics, the algorithms should account for that. And you know what else? They say, you know, the other players are affected when Snell comes out, and they're deflated. You know what? If that's true, then the analytics should account for that. And if they don't, then maybe the analytics, the algorithm is wrong. And you know what? The Rays lost. So if it is wrong, they paid the price for it. But the Rays believe it. That's why they've gotten to this point. That's why they got to the World Series. And for them to go back on their way when the pressure's on, to me, would be the worst thing they could do. If you don't trust your algorithm, don't use it. If you do, use it. The Rays trust theirs. It got them to the World Series, and they used it. Now, was it wrong? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But the idea that you're supposed to wait until the World Series to then do it differently, that's foolish. It's either right or it's wrong. If you believe it's right, you trust it. You don't hit on 16, or you do hit on 16 in most cases in blackjack, even though it doesn't feel right with a gigantic bet out there, right? (laughs) Right, but if I have a gigantic bet that counts positive, and I'm probably standing sixteen. Yeah, but everyone, everyone, everyone doesn't try to cheat the casino like this. We're saying the normal people having fun. Yes. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Jay Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a look at the best teams in the NFL, Vegas style. No doubt. You know, the Dodgers, obviously world champions. Next year, we got the odds for you. Favored, L.A. Dodgers 5-1. to one. Yankees, 6.5-1. to one. Then there's a fall. Down to the Braves, 12-1. to one. Padres, come on, 13-1. to one. And the Rays, Tampa Bay, 14 to 1. I think I've seen the Padres. Like, there's always this team, Fez, you think, oh, next year's their year. It's all coming together. It never seems to come together, does it? No, it doesn't. I don't know. There's just a certain culture with some of these teams. And, you know, last thing about the Dodgers, we said, and it was an amazing stat, last 10 years, 28 teams had been 10 to 1 or better prior to this season, entering the season. And amongst those 28, 0 and 28. And this year, the Dodgers were the favorites entering the year, and they won it. So first time in 11 years that's happened. And you might think, oh, you know, the Dodgers, it's just the haves having more. Remember now, though, in the 97 days from the beginning of the season— Right, so baseball had a condensed season. There was 97 days between the beginning and the World Series victory. The Dodgers were favored in all but six of those days. Only six days amongst the 97 weren't the Dodgers the favorite to win the World Series. But you know what? When they were down three to one against the Braves, they were almost six to one underdogs. Literally, if you had bet the Dodgers at that point. 100 would have won you $550. So, yes, they were favored almost every day, but even that dominant Dodgers team had a time. They had to look in the mirror and wonder, is this it? Are we done? They fought through it. So, congratulations. Maddie Holt here, usintegrity.com. You were mentioning during the break, baseball betting is much bigger this year than you've ever seen it. Yeah, if we look at one of the blossoming states like Colorado, the handle there has really started to catch on fire. Over $200 million wagered in the month of September. Just in the month of September alone, $47,108,000 wagered on baseball. wagered on NFL. Granted, they didn't play the entire month. Still, normally those numbers dramatically different. Baseball really saw a spike this year in wagering. It's kind of like Korean ping pong. When there's nothing to bet, people are going to find something to bet. You know, I love the, I guess, perseverance of the batter because all the Korean ping pong and German soccer – it wasn't going to stop them from betting. You know, when NFL shows up, they start betting the NFL. And I think we all discovered new sports. I, for one, watched Australian rules football for the first time ever. <laughs> we maybe should have been researching the NFL at that point. True. And to show you how some of those sports hung on, still in the month of September with all that going on, in the state of Colorado, $5,377,000 wagered on table tennis. I think that was fast by himself. <laughs> it's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. 
and we promise to continue making this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas right now in Vegas on the Strip. 77 degrees, the neon is flowing. So, RJ, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only remaining undefeated team in the NFL, but it begs the question, according to Vegas, who are the best teams in the NFL? Well, I'm going to make this according to the voice of Vegas, as some say. It's going to be my top seven or eight. (laughs) And I think that Vegas is going to be pretty much lined up. I hope they're not, though, Jonas. Because the thing you got to remember, and you know this, is the only time you can really beat sports betting, the only time you can win money long term, is when your opinion is different than the Vegas opinion, and you're right. Everybody else just needs to be right. In Vegas, you got to be right, and everyone else, or at least the consensus, be wrong. That's why I don't mind stupid people, Jonas. I just don't. <laughs> I don't like to interact with them, but I like to bet against them. <laughs> All right, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my top teams, and I'm going to start from the, the, the number one because you got to know who's, you know, you got to know, like, if I say number seven, you're going to not know how to react, right, Fez? So this is an example where you would start from the top. Got it. Casey Kasem style in reverse. My best team, Kansas City. Any big disagreements? No, Casey Kasem says Casey. I like it. Number one in the odds. There you go. We got the odds telling us something. Number two, and this may be a surprise, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, number two. I got number four three. in the odds. Number So Tampa's four right now. Yes. Wow. Let me see. What, go ahead, Fries. What do you got? Yeah, I got them three. Okay. Yeah, well, it's got to be more than just kind of giving your numbers. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really upgraded them. We could have a computer voice going, Fezzik has number three. <laughs> Tampa's a team that has been plagued with dumb mistakes, dumb penalties, led the league with penalties last year, this year, the oh, last— Hold on. What does last year have to— I didn't think they were the favorite last year. I'm talking about this year. Yeah, well, this year, they just played two back-to-back really, really clean sheet games. No turnovers, only four penalties their last two games. Okay, so you're making my case. Yes. But you have them number what? Three. So Baltimore's better, you think? I do. Okay. I got Baltimore next at number three. I've got Pittsburgh at number four. So that's Pittsburgh better than Green Bay, better than the Rams, et cetera. Any disagreements? Odds makers have Baltimore clear number two, Pittsburgh a clear number three. All right. So let's talk. So Pittsburgh better than Tampa? Yes. Pittsburgh eight to one. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh 7-1, to Tampa 8-1. to All right, let's explore this. Is Tampa Bay a good bet? And remember, when you're betting the Super Bowl, it's different than betting who's or assessing who the best team is right now because the Super Bowl is months away. So if you got a team like Tampa <clears throat> whose trend line should go up because – they are in a co like everyone COVID year with a new quarterback, a lot of new players now as they keep signing, including AB. It strikes me that other than Brady, and at a certain age, quarterbacks tend to decrease throughout the year because they get beat up. Other than that concern, and let's set that aside, would you agree with me, Fez? Odds are week 16, Tampa Bay's better than they are today. Yes. And how big do you see the Tom Brady trend line being in that equation? It's a great question. The fact that Brady keeps getting better and we've showed no sign of being— Throughout this year, you mean? Yeah, and he's shown no age signs at all. Uh, you know, the buy sign's still blinking on Brady right now. So why—how 
can a Pittsburgh team, for example, Baltimore, I understand. Because with Baltimore, you could make the case that the last uh, year and a half, or let's say last season and this season, 19 and 20, Baltimore's been the most dominant team week to week, except for the biggest games. And if you just kind of accept those biggest games are no different than any other game, they're just one of the 24 whatever games there's been, then Baltimore maybe is the best team in a way. If you just look at ATS margin or different things. But in a way, we're looking at Baltimore saying, well, let's demote them, downgrade them a little bit, but we really don't know how much to downgrade them. Because if they are as bad as they seem in the playoffs and against Kansas City, they should be maybe seventh or eighth, right? But if they're as good as they seem in the other games, they maybe should be one. How, I don't think we can just say split the difference. How are you assessing it, Matty? Any thoughts on that? In terms of the Pittsburgh part, who's going to be better, Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh? The one disadvantage Pittsburgh has, and they made a big deal out of it, is they they had to end up using their bye so early in the season, unfortunately, because of Tennessee's COVID situation. With an aging quarterback like Big Ben having to play 14 straight weeks without a bye certainly isn't going to benefit him, whereas Brady is going to get a bye later in the season. But the thing I do like about Pittsburgh, number one in the league, and in terms of opponents' rushes per game, number two in the league in opponents rushing yards per game, number one in in terms of opponents rushing play percentage. Basically, Pittsburgh stops the run as good as anybody in a division with Baltimore and Buffalo and New England and Cleveland, where you expect that the AFC champion's going to have to play some really cold outdoor games. Being able to stuff the run may be the differentiator for Pittsburgh. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. That's Matty Holt. We're going down the favorites to win the Super Bowl the RJ favorites, and where the discrepancies are. Fez. you got to look at the path for these teams also. Pittsburgh has a really horrible path. they got to beat Baltimore to win the division. And well, Baltimore's got to beat them to win the division. Tampa, right, so for the the, if, the, if the assumption is that Baltimore's better, it's a moot point. And the market is saying they're better. So right now, with home field advantage worth a point and a half, let's call it. Yes. Thanks. Baltimore is favored by three and a half at home. This is saying Baltimore is clearly the better team. And if you disagree, you can bet a million dollars. No problem on Pittsburgh plus three and a half. Yes, and I'm just making the point with Kansas City and Baltimore, the two best teams, my two well, best if teams. If they're the two best, then we, then Pittsburgh's not as good. So they're probably not going to the Super well, Bowl. Well, I'm just saying the path in no, the well, AFC. You can, you can keep saying I'm just saying. It doesn't mean anything. Well, but in the, in, What are but, you saying? I'm saying in the NFC, what's the most difficult team you have to face? There's not one clear-cut juggernaut like a Kansas City you got to go through. Well, again, if we believe that Kansas City's the juggernaut, then it's kind of a moot point. I'm not sure that. In fact, I would say Kansas City is the opposite of a juggernaut. A, well, how do you define a juggernaut? It's someone that goes through busting people up like Rocky Balboa, drunk, going out of a bar after Adrian got somehow. <laughs> someone said a, a bad joke to Adrian. All right, that's not what we're talking about. Kansas City is more of a turn the light switch on when they want team of any I've seen in a while. That they were not a juggernaut against the Raiders. Kansas City was not a juggernaut against uh, the Chargers. Yep. And even against New England. So what kind of juggernaut we got? It's just in, in Fezzik's world, they're that good. I, I just have them rated uh, so much higher than everybody else. I don't want to be it. in their I, conference. Well, exactly. Luckily, you don't own a team. You never will manage a team. But it, what you're saying presupposes the answer, is the point I'm making. If we know that Kansas City is so much better than everyone else, what's the point? Right. But what I know is... 
that they almost lost against the 49ers. Right? They were. What was the worst point that Kansas City was uh, during the Super Bowl win game odds? I think it was seven percent. So they had a seven percent chance based on the odds to win the Super Bowl, but they're a juggernaut. Eh, I don't know. Any closing thoughts on it? No, I, I think that at the end of the day, that that the you can make a case that three, four, five, six, even are really, really close. I do. I think the buy is going to be the biggest factor with aging quarterbacks. The fact that Pittsburgh had to use that buy so early. You know, can Big Ben coming off the injury play 14 straight weeks at his age? Yeah, but if they don't get the number one seed because of the juggernaut Kansas City, you could make the case that they, you know, they're going to take a week off in 16 or 17 because it won't matter that like they're in. But that so who knows, right? They're going to be. We'll it, see if they're in. Yes, you never yeah. know. Well, yeah, you never know. But I mean, if we're talking about a team as the fourth best team, we got to assume they're going to make the playoffs. My question is this: Why isn't Tampa Bay better? Than even Kansas City, I I I get it. We as Vegas guys struggle when we get something in our heads because our whole lives we're going against consensus. So oh, everyone thought Green Bay was so good. Well, we didn't last year. Everybody thought Seattle was so good last year. We didn't. But now Green Bay is pretty good. I got Green Bay fifth in my rankings. I do too. So my question is. How long did it take us to kind of get over the Green Bay won 13 games, but they should have won nine? You said that about seven times, Fez. And then one day we woke up and said, well, last year's was last year. This year is this year. Right? So coming into the year, Tampa Bay was the kind of team we thought that, you know, they're going to get a big net. Gronk can hardly walk. You know, this is the wise guy take. Brady dropped off last year. Fez, entering the year, you had Brady Ware on your on your QB ranking. 19th. 19th. You're saying this is a below. Tom Brady, Steve Fezzik says from the top of his lungs, is a below average quarterback. Now, where do you got Brady now? 12th. Boy, that seems a little low to be. I mean, see, that seems. You're saying he's the 12th best quarterback this year. There's 11 quarterbacks that's played better than Tom Brady this year. Yes. You're insane. Name the 11. Murray. Goff, Josh wait, wait, Allen. Murray, you think Goff is better than Brady? Yes. All right, conversations. Though. I, I should almost turn your mic off. You don't really believe that, do you? I'll, I'll bet I'll have a better rating the rest of the year. You, you want to bet it? Why are you talking like going? I, bet, but, 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 I really so do believe nervous. it. You're so nervous. Why? I mean, why don't you just have positions that you believe instead of be so nervous I about? I do it? believe it. Why is your voice going up like three registers? <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I mean, Jonas, from the fans' perspective, could you look at golf and look at Brady and say, ah, you know, if Brady keeps trying, he'll be better. Maybe. Now, <laughs> Brady's been better this year, I think. I mean, what's the QBR say? Goff is 18, Brady's 16. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Perk up your ears for Farmers Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. I'm R.J. Bell. 
We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, it is a Wednesday tradition here on Straight Out of Vegas. We take an early look at the three biggest games in the NFL, and we start in Baltimore, where right now the Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com, hosting the Steelers. Don't forget, we will see how much Fez wants to bet me, but I will ask you this, Fez. This is your best bet, and I think your take is, oh, let's see, cuckoo, you think Baltimore is massively better than the Steelers. I do. I have Baltimore three points better than the Steelers. I've upgraded the Steelers two points. Oh, since congratulations. The that doesn't matter. You're saying that Baltimore is in just in a different class. I am. All right. And Baltimore is ranked where in your rankings? Second. And where's Pittsburgh? Tenth? Fourth. Fourth. So the fourth team is massively inferior to the number two. Any rationale to that? Yeah. When the Other se- than, than you think it. When the season started, Baltimore was an 11-and-a-half season win team. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They've done nothing to really make me change the rating. Really? Really? Yes. So only winning by two against Philly. Um, Up 16 late in well, that game. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, it's not a 56-minute game. <laughs> there would be a lot of different kind of records, right? And number two... Didn't Kansas City make them like it wasn't even competitive? What game has the Steelers not been competitive? Oh, wait, they're unfreaking defeated. <laughs> so, all you're saying is that looking at the old market, people are overreacting to Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, if the season started today, I'd make Pittsburgh a 10 and a half win well, team. Well, you're just repeating the same thing, is you got an opinion, but nothing yes. to back it up. Maddie. I like Pittsburgh here, and I think it's strength versus strength. Well, Bal- didn't you know that Baltimore is so much better? They're not even in the same class? I heard some whispers of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody rushes the, the ball a higher percentage of time than the Baltimore Ravens. Over 50% of their plays rush plays 5.4 yards per rush, but nobody has stopped the run better than the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. What we have seen with the Baltimore Ravens is that you take Lamar Jackson out of his comfort zone. He hasn't been too successful. I think Pittsburgh's going to do that this week by stopping the run. I like the Steelers. The funny thing is, if you look at DVOA, Baltimore's third. They're not even the second best team. You look at expected points, which is another metric, they're sixth, Baltimore. And if you look at just Pythagorean based on their margin, they're third. But somehow they're so much better, laughably. But officially, your best bet's Baltimore. It is. Next on our three biggest games in the NFL this weekend, we go to Chicago, where the Bears are hosting the Saints. New Orleans, a four-point favorite. Listen, we keep Fez around for a reason. He's got a great concept here. Chicago's been struggling, running the ball, and there's a reason that should really matter in this game. Yeah, 25-mile-an-hour win, so both teams are going to have to run the ball. They're not going to be able to pass, and the Bears simply can't run. All right, and what, what's, what's a way to um, quantify their inability to run? Their last four games, they've averaged under three yards per rush. League average is over four. Okay, How, what's the max you're going to take on Brady? So you think that Brady's going to end up having a worse QBR at the end of the year than Jared Goff. How much you want to take? You, five, 600. 5,000? 600. I'm not sure I'll accept that bet. We'll wait till Friday <laughs> and see if the public maybe will – Trying to make you bet more because that's pathetic. 600? All right, last one. The Seahawks, a three point favorite, hosting the 49ers. So, Fez, obviously, Seattle's a team we haven't really been too high on. And people could look at that Arizona game and say, CCC. Well, what else you got on it? Yeah, so Seattle, when they started 5-0, and look at who they beat. Impressive wins, seemingly, against New England and Dallas. Not so impressive anymore, those f- that 5-0 and against weak teams. So, who was the five? Atlanta. New England, Dallas, Minnesota, Miami. And I think the key there is Dallas, Minnesota, and New England are all worse than we thought. So in our minds, we're thinking, remember that New England game Seattle played? 
But maybe that wasn't all that impressive. 